Good morning, church. He is risen. Today's reading is from John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, Susan. Good morning. It's great to see you all here this morning. And um, I don't know what the over-under was on which service we'd have more people at. We're, we're close. Um, but I think the first service might have taken it. Our church is not as irresponsible and, as I thought. So, man, it's crazy. Or it's fun, right, though? I mean, come on, showing up at this hour, we know who the fun people are. Um, so my name is Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Tucson, and it's great to have you here. As has been said, we're, we're glad that you'd be here to worship with us and to be a part of this day together. Um, by way of introduction, if you've never um, heard me preach before, I always want to make sure people know I have a stutter, and it kind of comes in and out um, as I go. So that's your, that's your heads up on that. And um, also, though, this morning, again, a couple things. One is I, I, don't, I think the worship team, I think I've asked them this before, like, don't play that song right before I'm about to preach. I just get wrecked, and I'd like to blame this, all this emotion and mess on the allergies, but I can't. I mean, no one would be fooled. Um, also, though, you know, this is, again, this is our first time ever doing a second service, so who knows what we've got, what's going to come out of my mouth. Thank God we already recorded um, one, right? So we're good on that front, so we'll just see what comes. Um, so hopefully it'll be more fun that way. But, um, you know, we're going to get into our time together in, in John chapter 11. So go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles if you have one um, there. If you don't have one with you or you don't own one at all, would you hold your hand up high and keep it up and somebody will get you a copy of God's Word. Okay, we want to make sure you have a Bible to follow along with and to know that this is God's Word. So some folks are going to be handing those out again. Hold your hand up high and keep it up. Y en español, si quiere la Biblia y no tiene, por favor, levante su mano y diga español. Y si no tiene ningún Biblia, eso es un regalo a usted. Y esta mañana estamos en Juan, capítulo 11. And um, again, uh, this is our gift to you, okay? So please keep it, follow along. Um, trust that these words coming out of my mouth aren't just, uh, just from me, okay? This is God speaking to us this morning. And... and as was said earlier, if you're new here or you, you came with family or, you know, things like that, what's, um, what's different about today? What's, what's unique about this day? Um, it might be that you got invited to, you know, Easter dinner. You're going to eat something after, and this was kind of your penance, right? You got to come here first. Um, I know that's what we did. No, just kidding. My family is here, and uh, they w wanted to be here. But for some, right, it's like, oh, it's either that or it's a cultural moment or whatever it is, we find ourselves here this morning. And this is not just a phenomenon for us or, or even here in Tucson or, as was said earlier, around the world, like millions of people gather on this day. And why is it different from any other Sunday? Well, I would just hear from me on the front end, it is. Okay, we believe it's, it's radically different. In fact, one author in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, says 
if Jesus didn't really raise from the dead, we're foolish and we should be pitied. And I'll submit to you, I think on this day, probably more than any other, if he didn't really raise from the dead, we should be laughed at. Like what we're doing, dressing up, right? I can hardly breathe right now. We do this twice a year and um, I'll be one of those people in sweats next week. And it's like, why? What are we doing? Why, you know, do all this stuff and we've got beautiful um, things done, right? Flowers and uh, it, there's significance in all these things. Why? What's the big deal? It's because we are convinced that Jesus actually, physically, historically rose from the dead and that changes everything. And yet, I, I would gather that probably most of us struggle to connect that day to this day. The, the fact that, 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 that just over 2,000 years ago, Jesus, being fully God and fully man, entered into our mess and our brokenness in our world, that Jesus, a, a, a Jewish or Hebrew man, would, who was born at a time, and even that, right, I'll just give a quick explanation, the, the, the Hebrew culture, um, Jewish people, uh, take a, a Sabbath or a Shabbat on from sundown Friday to sundown on Saturday. And, 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 and yet here we are on Sunday. Why is that? Because we're told Jesus rose from the dead on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. I know for us, it's like, no, that's the last day of the week, right? NFL, all that stuff, right? No, um, Sunday was their Monday, all right? It's the first day, but that's Jesus rose from the dead. And while we struggle to connect the dots from that day to our day, even if we believe intellectually, even if we would call ourselves Christians, the impact, the weight, the reality, the good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection seems like something back then and out there. And so what we're going to do this morning as we look at this passage in John chapter 11 is we're going to look at a story. It's a true story where Jesus is interacting with three of his closest friends. And we see the significance where Jesus explains and demonstrates the good news that he has lived, that he has died, and that he has risen. So let me go ahead and pray for us and ask God through his spirit to open our hearts and our eyes and our ears, okay, to hear his word and to respond to him. Again, Heavenly Father, we pray that you would do a work in us. Lord, we want to be the first ones to acknowledge that we have nothing to prove and no one to impress, that we take you seriously, but we don't take ourselves seriously. So Lord, as we're here this morning, as we're dressed up, as we have um, new things to, to uh, up on the stage and to remind us of you, Lord, we know that the only work of significance here comes from you through your spirit, through your word, spoken to your people. So, Father, we trust and believe and ask that you will work as you have been in the lives of people, the specific lives of us in this room this morning. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So pick up with me in John chapter 11, okay? And I'll kind of explain as we go. John 11, verse 32 now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, the shortest Verse in all of scripture, Jesus wept. 
Jesus cares, right? We're ending a series we just have walked through for the last number of months, Love Walked Among Us, and it's to help us understand the flesh and blood, the mannerisms, the reality, the coming and going, the interactions of the person of Jesus, who is love walked among us. And something we see here is that Jesus cares. As I said earlier, Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus were some of Jesus' closest friends, all right? He would travel around. Sometimes they would go along with him. They would host him. He, he was, he was a, a, their friend. So it's understandable as we read this that he's offended by, by death, specifically the death of a friend, right? It says there in verse 30. Um, 35, that he wept. Hopefully that helps us understand a little bit more of the humanity of Jesus. Again, that he grieves over death. And let me just point out here, he doesn't just excuse it away. He's not, he doesn't give a bunch of emotional, biblical platitudes. Perhaps you've heard this phrase like, here, take two of these verses and call me in the morning. Like, here, let me excuse and dismiss your pain, um, and I don't want to deal with it. Jesus doesn't do that. He cares, and he's present, and he interacts, and he grieves, and he weeps. And, and then it also says earlier in verse 32, it says, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. That, 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 that phrasing of being greatly troubled is actually that he was outraged in his spirit. Well, why? Why would, why would he care so much? Outraged in his spirit, not just sad, outraged. Here it is, Kate. Jesus hates death. He hates it. It's, it's the opposite, the antithesis, the enemy of who he is, of who God is. Okay, that God in the very beginning created the heavens and the earth and his beauty and his glory and everything was good. And he created man. He intimately got down like picture a kid. Okay, I love that we have kids in here. Picture playing in the mud, right? And, and God playing in the mud got down and, and formed a man and breathed, breathed life. Right? And then he said, it's not good that man is alone. And he created a companion, a, a, a helper, one to, to work together to, to, to reflect God's glory and his image. And it was good. It was very good. It was beautiful. But sin entered into the world. Sin is, in a nutshell, not God. Sin is not your way, but my way, but our way. We want to do things our way. We want to have relationships with ourselves, with others, with each other, with the world around us, the way we think it ought to be. And the result his death. Now hear me right now. Not just death in one day out there that we don't know when that will come. The, 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 the last breath, the, the very last day. We, we know that. But the reality is what Jesus entered into is full of death then and all throughout. That final day is really, in a lot of ways, the culmination, the fruit, if you will, the final of something we've been living out and experiencing all throughout our lives, every day in our coming and going. Now, you might be saying, who brought this guy to the party, right? It's Easter, dude, like Debbie Downer right now. Why are you, um, why are you being like this? Why are you talking about this? Because again, Jesus enters into the reality of where we are. And, and, and that final day where we will stop breathing is, is again the final culmination of a reality of death, of, of loss of hopes, loss of relationship, loss of dreams, right? Divorce, brokenness pain, suffering is real. 
And we've grown really accustomed to kind of stuffing it down, right? Like I've been trying to do all morning with my emotions, right? Don't mess with my emotions, right? I've been trying to, we, we don't feel comfortable with this. We want to push it away and just kind of, again, in the church especially, give a couple of verses, pretend it's all good and easy and kind of move on. But Jesus doesn't do that because, hear me, he cares too much. He looks at you. He looks at your life. And he recognizes things are not the way they're supposed to be. Okay, again, we have kids in here. For many, even before they can articulate it, they experience the reality of this pain. Whatever it might be, being being misunderstood, overlooked, bullied, broken relationships, broken friendships, moving away, whatever it might be. Right? Thinking you have to enter in and join in 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 order to make it in school. Right? And then those of us who are older, I'm not going to call you out right now. You, right? Or us. Someone just told me this morning, by the way, I'm a middle-aged man now, of, of formally. So um, I'd never thought that. I'd, and she's like, no, you're middle-aged. Just embrace it. So that's cool. So I got that going for me this morning. But ours is just more pain, and we understand it more, whether we recognize it or can articulate it or not. We've just grown, grown older, and so we've experienced more. But from the youngest to the oldest in this room, we understand death and its finality and its present reality. And here's what author Paul Miller says about death. Death is not a part of the beauty of life. It is part of the brokenness that love seeks to mend. Love seeks to mend. God is love. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is the God-man, Jesus is love who walked among us. So as we look at this story and we see Jesus, we see that he cares, that he grieves. But hear me now, thankfully, he's not just sitting impotently far off, removed, cheering us on, right? Go, I, I hope it's okay, I'm, I'm crying for you and, and, and I'm cheering you on, but I, I'm here. No, Jesus cares and he acts, he enters in. So pick up with me more in the story here where we see Jesus grieving and weeping and acting. Verse 38, then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb, it was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone, Hopefully as we sing and we read and we've walked through this story, you see the imagery that this true story we're walking through right now is also a foreshadowing. Not only a foreshadowing, but is also a picture of what Jesus would do and the stone being rolled away and him raising from the dead. He said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor. For he has been dead for days. Again, here, just let's point out a couple things. One is this. It's a real story. The reality of death in over 2,000 years ago, where there's no air conditioning and a climate very similar to ours here in Tucson, where someone has died four days later, it's probably going to be stanky. All right? And the reality of that is, is the author puts it in there. And yet, it's also a picture, again, of the reality of pain and suffering and death. We try to church it up. We try to dismiss it. We try to move on from it. But it's not the way it should be. There's an odor. 
And yet Jesus says, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you send me. That's funny. All right, Jesus is praying to his father. He's, he's looking up, he's talking to his father in heaven. And then he's like, I'm saying this, not because I don't believe it or know it, but I want these people standing around. Now, now in this, it is kind of funny because they're like sitting there and it's like, oh, what? We just got called out in Jesus's prayer. But he's not doing it condescendingly or patronizingly. He recognizes, right, that we don't understand that some of this stuff then and now is confusing, <laughs> All right, if you were like me growing up and someone came up here and said, he is risen, boom, all right, I caught you snoozing. No, he is risen, and then we respond, he is risen indeed, right? I would hear them be like, whoa, what, where am I? Everyone's responding. People know this call and response. He's chance. What's going on here? Am I, you know, um, they, right? It's, you're like, what's, what is this? How does everyone know this stuff? Even then, Jesus is understanding. Listen, because of sin, we don't just get this stuff. And sometimes in church, we feel like we have to pretend or know all this stuff. Again, if you're new, if this is one of your first times here or ever around, that's okay. You don't have, some of this stuff's just straight up weird and we need to even call it like that, all right, that we do here in church. And, um, and also, if you don't know the right, like, again, there's nothing to prove and no one to impress. And Jesus, you see, recognizing these people don't know. So I'm telling them, I love them. And then it says here in verse 43, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, voice, hear the authority in Jesus. He grieves, he's sad, he's weeping, he cares, and yet he is authoritative. He has all power. The power that, that said, let there be light is now revealed in Jesus saying, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out. Jesus speaks and acts and things happen. Amen. Lazarus came out. His hands and feet were bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. That's also kind of funny, right? Lazarus comes hopping out. His, his hands and feet are tied. He's wrapped in linen. Again, the customary burial clothing. And Jesus is like... He, Hey, I just gave him life, but he's about to suffocate. Like, I know you're amazed right now, but stop breathing through your mouth and let that guy breathe, right? Take the thing off of his mouth. And Lazarus comes out. Jesus cares, he sees, he grieves, and he acts. And yet, that question I asked earlier, what makes that day, this day when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, and then shortly after this, the day when Jesus himself rose from the dead. What makes that day connected to this day? Well, Jesus answered earlier in his interaction with Lazarus' sister, Martha, in showing that his life, death, and resurrection has everything to do with life right now. That day has everything to do this day. And here is Jesus' explanation. Again, in John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? 
again, a couple things here. Recognize that Jesus said this before he wept. He's not dismissing her pain. She just lost her brother. Death is not the way it should be. It's painful. It hurts. Jesus cares about it. Jesus acts, and yet we know that, again, Lazarus died again. He had another funeral, another burial. So Jesus is saying something more. While he grieves and weeps, he knows more of the story. Here's what he's doing here. Okay, hear me right now. I want to make sure we all get this. Jesus is redefining everything. He is redefining everything. He's redefining death, that final day when, 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 when we will breathe our last and what comes thereafter. And he's redefining all of life up until that point. Jesus is saying, listen, I know it's, it's hard. I know it's difficult. It's painful. He says, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. That that day, though one will die through faith in Jesus, they, we, you, can live forever, for all eternity. But Jesus, again, is restoring life right now in that moment as well. The pain, the suffering, the series of many deaths you've continued to walk through time and time and time again are now redefined. Hear me, look at me, please, not dismissed, not excused away, not overshadowed, but now informed reshaped, redefined by Jesus saying, listen, all that you walk through, I've walked through it too. And there is a foundation now firmly laid under the pain, under the suffering, under the grieving, under the weeping that will never go away. He said, you will live forever through faith in him. And Jesus asks this question, do you believe? I believe right now Jesus is actually sitting on the throne. We're told this according to scriptures. That Jesus, though he died, raised from the dead. And he ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And from that place, he says, behold, I am making all things new. And he is calling people to himself. Do you hear his call on your life right now? If you've never put your faith in Jesus, you've never trusted in him before, let me say, say this, right? You might wonder, what does this look like? What do I have to do? Do I have to do the whole call and response chant? Do I have to do all these things? Do I have to fall under a particular political party or a particular culture? No. Simply, we're told in Romans chapter 10 that if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. I want to ask you today, will you respond to Jesus' call on your life? If you've never put your faith in him, what if today's the day that you find life amidst death? What if today's the day that you hear and respond to the call of Jesus who died a brutal, shameful death to put death to an end and then raised victoriously from the grave, not just so we could sing and rejoice as a whole church, but also, also for you to have life. 
And, and, and if that's the case, I want to encourage you and ask you even, we have connect cards that Jenny shared about earlier. Just simply put a note on there. Even if you have more questions, you're like, I had a couple questions, now I have more, whatever it might be. Wherever you find yourself, write that down. We'd love to talk to you. As Corey will share in a few moments, there will be people in the back who would love to pray with you. Even if it's, like it says in Scripture, I believe, but I want to believe more. <laughs> I'm struggling. Whatever it is. And then secondly, I also acknowledge that, again, many of us in here have believed intellectually, but our confessional faith, we struggle to connect to our practical, every real day life faith. That we walk through different versions of death throughout our lives, either grasping and searching for life where only death is found, or trying to avoid and grasp onto whatever we have, thinking, oh, if this is taken from me, I'll be devastated ultimately. Jesus has come to give you life. He's calling you. How will you respond? Jesus is asking, do you believe? Jesus is the one who, before he would die, was praying to his father and said, if there's any other way, acknowledging, recognizing it's not all paths lead to the same. If there's any other way, Father, take this cup from me. I don't want to go to the cross, but not my will, but your will. Jesus is the one who said, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus is the one who hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Jesus is the one who hung victoriously on the cross in, in between two thieves and he said to the one thief who believed in him, simply confessed with his mouth and believed in his heart that Jesus is Lord. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus is the one who hung on the cross and said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus is the one who hung on the cross. And when speaking about not only his own death, but death in general, it is finished. About Jesus, it was said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you looking for life where only death can be found? It is Jesus who said, I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone believes in me, though he dies, yet he will surely live forever. Do you believe? Do you believe? Let's respond together in prayer. Father, thank you for your wisdom and your goodness and your kindness. Lord, this story we're a part of, we're celebrating, we're remembering is so much more complex. I confess it is crazy. It makes no sense. It's, it's foolish unless you really rose from the dead. So now through your spirit at work, we trust and pray that you will lead us to respond appropriately to your call for life. In Jesus' name, amen.